Hello, I'm your podcast host, Hannah Lynn, and welcome to an episode of Can I Have Your Number? In this podcast, we dive into heartfelt conversations with inspiring guests who share their stories, struggles, and triumphs from career changes to personal growth, relationships, and everything in between. We explore the human experience with authenticity and vulnerability. But that's not all. In this podcast, we also delve into the transformative power of the Enneagram. Discover how understanding your Enneagram number can unlock profound self-awareness and enhance our connections with others. So whether you're new to the Enneagram or a seasoned explorer, join us on this journey to self-discovery and human connection. Without further ado, this is Can I Have Your Number? In today's episode, we are going to be discussing what it looks like to be an Enneagram type one. And the purpose of this episode and really any episode about a type is really to give you an overview of that type. See what connects with you, what doesn't. This is really meant to either help people who are trying to better understand the Enneagram and connect with what is their Enneagram number, or Maybe you have somebody in your life who is that Enneagram type and you want to better understand that number so that you can connect with them and understand them a little bit better. Now, I'm going to say this specifically for this episode because it is for type ones. Not everything is going to match up perfectly. So there might be things that you listen to in an episode like this that's about a type and something speaks to you or you connect with it and there might be times where it really does not and that's because we're all unique we're all different individuals we come with different experiences in our life or maybe circumstances that you're going through right now might shift behaviors you might be in a state of health or growth where some of these behaviors might have been something that was before, but not currently now. What's going to be really important to recognize is the core motivation of each type. And does that strongly connect with you? That said, the core motivation that you have can have predictable patterns of behavior. So we will talk a lot about behavior and just think of it as like a guide um what speaks to you what doesn't speak to you and move forward from there so what does it mean to be an enneagram one the core motivation for an enneagram one is to be correct to be right and this is not coming from a place of wanting to be better than other people This is coming from a place where you have a strong inner critic that says there is a right way to do things, a correct way to do things, and there is an incorrect way to do things. And it's very important for you to do things in the correct way, the way that they should be done. That can vary from person to person on what they think or what they have their strong inner critics saying, this is the right way to do something. So it's not necessarily by society standards, or it could also be breaking rules. If you feel like your correct or right way to do something doesn't align with the preset rules. 
and you might be willing to break rules if that aligns with what you know to be right by you. It's really important for an Enneagram one to be good, to have integrity, to be balanced. A lot of times Enneagram ones are referred to as the reformer. Sometimes depending on your wings that you lean into, you might be referred to as the idealist or the advocate. The basic fear for an Enneagram one is being evil, being corrupt, or being defective. According to the Enneagram Institute, ones are conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of what is right and what is wrong. They are teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, and they're always striving to improve things, but they're afraid of making a mistake. Enneagram ones are well-organized, orderly, fastidious. They're trying to maintain high standards that they have set for themselves, but can slip into being critical or being a perfectionist. And they can typically have problems with resentment and and impatience. When they're at their best, they are wise and discerning. They're realistic and they're noble, and they can be morally heroic. The Enneagram Institute chose to name them the reformer because they have a sense of mission that leads them to want to improve the world in various ways, and they use whatever degree of influence that they have to do so. They strive to overcome adversity, particularly moral adversity, so that the human spirit can shine through and make a difference. They will strive for those higher values, even if it costs them personal sacrifice. Let's talk about the levels of health for an Enneagram type one. So at the unhealthy levels, an Enneagram type one is going to be inflexible. They're going to be intolerant of what they don't feel like is right. They're going to deal in black and white, right or wrong thinkings in absolutes. They're going to feel like they alone know the truth. An Enneagram type one who is unhealthy is going to be almost obsessive about the imperfections and the wrongdoings of others, and they might fall into some contradictory actions or be hypocritically doing the opposite of what they preach because they're not in a healthy place. At average levels of health, Enneagram type ones feel like it's up to them to improve everything. So this is where you might have those crusader or advocate or critic type moments and they can go into explaining to others how things should be. They're going to be afraid to make a mistake and everything needs to be consistent with what they've set out to be their ideal. Enneagram type ones can be, not everybody, but can be orderly, really well organized, things are in their place. That gives them a sense of structure, a sense of comfort, because things are according to their standards. And that can be rather rigid at average levels of health. And it's really about keeping their feelings and their impulses in check. If there's an order to things and things are structured, then 
emotions, feelings don't necessarily lead the way, which emotions are unstable and can be illogical at times. And so Enneagram type ones are trying to avoid situations where that might be leading. So again, you see that structure, that organization in order to find the correct answer or go about things in the correct way. They're punctual. They're going to be the person to go to if you have a question about something that happened or a rule that you don't quite know. What are we supposed to do here? They will be the ones to be able to find it because they're highly organized as a sense of having that security and avoiding that basic fear of theirs. At average levels of health, that inner critic for a type one is going to have a strong voice in their minds. And so they're going to have that be leading the way or letting it have more weight than it probably should at healthier levels. Um, And so sometimes people can feel like they're getting corrected a lot by an Enneagram type one, or maybe an Enneagram type one is badgering them to do the right thing as they see it. And it can show up with impatience because that inner critic is so strong telling them, no, it needs to be done this way. And they're living with that inner critic, constantly putting that pressure on them to do things that certain way. At healthy levels, they're extremely principled and they're looking at things more from a want to be fair and ethical and can be more objective and see how other people's definition of what is right and correct might also have merit and it's not just their sense of what is right and wrong in the world. They're still going to have that inner critic, but it's more of a personal integrity inner critic that's saying, this is my standard and it's important to me, but I don't necessarily have to project that out onto the world. In these roles, they really become like a teacher. So they're going to be that person that you can still go to to say, hey, I have a question about this. What should we do here? But they're not going to personally invest in the sense that like, if it doesn't happen that way, then it's compromising to their identity. That inner critic to be right is balanced with the inner understanding of being rational and reasonable and self-disciplined and moderation in things that they do. At their very best, Enneagram type ones are very wise and very discerning. And they do this by accepting things as they are, and they are realistic that nothing is going to be perfect. They know that taking the best action in the moment is the best thing for them to do. And so they can be very inspiring, hopeful, and they can be a great advocate for hope. Next, let's talk about the wings for Enneagram type one. If you're not familiar with what an Enneagram wing is, an Enneagram wing is a number that sits on either side of the type. So for this example, and since it's in a circle, Enneagram type ones have a wing of a nine or a two. And these wings show up in various levels in your life. You're not just one or the other. It might depend on circumstances. Some individuals might be really well balanced between their two wings. Some might have a very strong wing versus another. It just depends on uniquely you and what you connect with. 
An Enneagram type one with a nine wing is going to take on some of the characteristics of a nine. So what does that look like? Enneagram ones and type nines are a little bit at odds because ones want to reform while nine wants to avoid conflict. However, both types are idealistic and both types do not want to be influenced by others. It's important for both types to be removed in the sense that they have autonomy. So they're going to be a little bit more detached and logical and observant. The Enneagram type one with a strong nine wing is often referred to as the idealist. People with this type and wing tend to be more judicial and rational in their behavior and they're also generally more calm and balanced than other type ones. They are typically more relaxed and practical and they can be objective in their thoughts and also in their behaviors. Enneagram type ones with a strong nine wing might be a little bit more understanding and patient. And that comes from the type nine's ability to see things from everyone's perspective and have a high amount of empathy. Now let's take a look at what an Enneagram type one with a two-wing looks like. Oftentimes they are called the activist because that type one still has this principled ideal of and desire of justice and equality. However, the two-wing is going to influence them by having more of a warmer and interpersonal skills that will help them as they pursue that equity and justice. The two-wing can make them more helpful, more generous, more interpersonal in both their thoughts and in their behaviors, and they have this desire to bring about social change, and they have a certain interpersonal sensitivity to others as they pursue that. And finally, for this episode, let's briefly touch on the directions of disintegration or stress and the direction of integration or growth that an Enneagram one takes. In times of stress, type ones will move towards type four behavior. Typically, you're going to take on the less healthy behaviors of the Enneagram type. So with a four, a one might suddenly become moody or irrational when they were usually more methodical and rational. When an Enneagram type one is in the direction of growth, they can show up like a healthy seven. And what that looks like is that they become more spontaneous and joyful. They are more willing to take some risks and let those happy, kind of carefree emotions come out. To wrap up this episode, I'm going to circle back around to what is the core motivation and deepest fears for an Enneagram type one. And that's because behavior can change and there's lots of nuances, but at its core, what does an Enneagram type one strive to achieve? And for an Enneagram type one, again, that is to be good and honorable and to live a life with purpose. They are intent on seeking the best and most correct ways to do things. At times, that can lead them to be perfectionists, and to do this, they use their best judgment in finding solutions that can be applied to their lives. 
They often have that clear mission outlined in their mind and they will work very hard behind the scenes to make that vision a reality. They have a strong sense of duty and they are tenacious. Their deepest fear is being a bad person or morally flawed or otherwise seen as imperfect. And they cope with this at times with being rigid and disciplined and often very hard on themselves. But when ones are healthy, they're able to relax a little bit more and enjoy the fun aspects of life. They can behave a little more childlike and lean into some of that positive, joyful, relaxed behaviors. A quick fun fact about Enneagram type ones is according to truity.com with more than 54,000 respondents, type ones were found to make up approximately 10% of the population. And there is no gender difference in the distribution of ones. They make up 10% of women as well as 10% of men. That is all for today's episode. I hope you learned something about what it means to be an Enneagram type one, whether that's on your personal self-discovery or somebody in your life who identifies as a one. In our next episode, I will go into what it looks like to be an Enneagram two. Until then... I'm your host, Hannah Lynn, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Can I Have Your Number?